Awesome, awesome Sunday. Lucky the sun is shining outside, so it's exciting. Yeah, so um, for those that don't know me, my name is Stuart. Um, I've been saved now probably for about 12 years. Come from the mothership. It's in Sunningdale. <laughs> I always call it the mothership because <laughs> that's where Josh Jen was born. It was basically there, the first congregation and everything. So, And then I got... Um, um, I came to, to, to Stanabosch. I met my beautiful wife, Linky. We've been married for seven amazing years. God's done amazing stuff in us and through us. And we've got two awesome kids. Um, and yeah, just before I, I start, I actually was, I was just thinking and considering this message that um, I'm going to preach on. It's on Philippians 3. So there's been a series, for those that don't know, that, uh, that started. Kala, our lead pastor here felt that he wants to speak about radical Christianity almost in a way. So he kicked it off with Philippians 1, and it's got a lot, just a lot to do with, you know, it, was, it speaks about Paul's being in jail, and he's writing these letters, these amazing letters of encouragement to the people outside. And just thinking of where he is, just considering the place where he's writing these things on. So it's not jails like today, it was hectic back then. Not nice. No toilets or nothing, so... You can just imagine. And just his heart, something had to happen in this guy's life for him to be able to write letters of that type of encouragement for people. Um, so he kicked it off with that. And then Martinez uh, preached also amazing preach on just humility. And I think that's such a, a massive part of us being Christians as well. You know, I think of the Holy Spirit. There's this new worship um, CD or something. Or, I don't know, it's not CDs anymore. I come from a from that, from the Eichharde, where I see CDs was, even tapes, you know, yesterday, the other day I saw a VHS tape, and I thought to myself, oh my word, I'm getting old, but anyways, um, and it's about, um, it's about worship, but it's also about the Holy Spirit, and it speaks about riverbed, so I heard this cool saying once, it says, you know, the Holy Spirit um, is like a river, and you'll never find a river flowing uphill, it will always flow down to the lowest parts. And God likes to make his home in people that don't think a lot of themselves, but are lowly and are humble. And that's something really to consider. If you want the Holy Spirit to really live in your heart and do amazing things through your life, just focus on being humble. So then also, Ruan last week preached about obedience. And that's also just such a massive, massive thing. I mean, we can't really serve God. One of the biggest things Jesus said is, if you truly love me, you will obey my word and you will do what I say. So what I'm going to preach about this morning is, um, it's something that's very dear to me, and it's about the ultimate pursuit of knowing God, knowing Jesus. So I'm going to read through a little part, Nana, but I just thought about, you know, Kalan, they was coming back from Russia now. They were in Russia and um, heard good stuff, but I'm excited to hear the detail of what happened and stuff because we were really praying for them and interceding for them. But that churches are there are going through really hectic things. I mean, you guys know it's what's happening in Russia. There's talks of big wars and all kinds of stuff. And people are being called up to service that, that don't always um, agree with what the, the government is doing. But if they don't do it, they end up in jail. I mean, it's hectic. And that's real. And, you know, in this, in this book in Philippians, it's, there was also, it, it was hectic times back then. Uh, there wasn't goody-two-shoe Christians. There, you, you had to stand for Jesus. And I think that's what, what makes it so amazing that I can stand up here. You know, my history or where I come from, Martinez in a way would know. 
he was also in the same boat, you know, to a, uh, to a big degree. And God saved me out of, yes, out of drugs and a lot of stuff. And I think the guys that know me knows the story well. Um, but, you know, God is so good. And I want to tell you guys that if you ever think that God can't do anything amazing in your lives, don't listen to that lies. It's a lie. Because God wants to use people. He wants to use normal, ordinary people that, that just know how broken they are. And what I want to actually get at this morning to a big degree is the need that we have. To, we have to understand that we have a big need for Jesus. We have a massive need for Him. We can't do this life properly. And the way that He wants us to live this life. Do you guys believe that Jesus wants us? There's a certain way that He wants us to live. He wants us to shine as lights in this world. He wants us to be lights. I, I, I thought to myself, and I heard it many times, people say, you know, if you get saved, why didn't Jesus just take, just take you up to heaven? Why does he leave you on, on, on earth? So that we can be a representative of him. We can be his hands and feet. We, people out there need to see Jesus in us. He needs to see Jesus. They need to see Jesus in us. And it's not, you're never going to get there. My wife once, um, when I, when we were uh, um, married a couple of years, she had this CD from this, this old tunny can't remember her name, but she was preaching on um, the fear of the Lord. And there was something that she said in there that really struck me. It said, God will never reveal himself truly to people that are only casual inquirers of him. But he will reveal his heart and his things and the, deep, the deeper things of him to diligent seekers. People that diligently seek after his, his heart and to go find him in his word. Um, so, yeah, guys, I really want to encourage you. So, this, this message I'm bringing today is something that's very personal to me. It's, it's, I'm not a theologian. Where's Saki? Saki, I'm not a theologian, so this <laughs> might correct me afterwards. Um, a lot of the stuff is as the Holy Spirit leads, and I think all preachers are spirit-led. And one thing also, I, I really struggle with, um, I think LaSalle can also agree. Um, some people are very good at admin, and you know, doing like a, 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 a point thing on a, on, a, on a screen and they have their systematic things that they go through, preachers run also. I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't do that. When I look at color, I think, Jesus, not that I want to preach like color, but he's got so much repertoire. He doesn't need to stand here with a list of things and oh, what do I have to, he just preaches out of his heart. And I think to a big degree, I'm also that same. I trust the Holy Spirit, not that they don't trust the Holy Spirit to lead that they do. <laughs> We have to do that, but yeah, you guys understand what I mean. So yeah, so let's kick this off. Um, I want to read from uh, Philippians 3 in the ESV. So I'm going to go through it systematically a little bit and then just take some pieces out that I, I want to talk about a bit. Okay, so I'm going to read here. You guys can just follow over there. It's the same ESV, eh? Yeah, okay, so. First, the heading is, for me is, is really significant. It says, righteousness through faith, faith in Christ. So remember that, righteousness through faith in Christ. It says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. I think that's just him trying to encourage the guys. I think he's spoken to them about this prior and now he's encouraging them again. It says then, look out for the dogs, look out for those evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh, for we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and 
put no confidence in the flesh. So, Saki, this is something that I hope I get it right. But for me, that scripture, so also something that I just want to um, share quickly before I go on there. You, you will never go deep in God if you, don't, if you don't sit with His Word and you ask God to show you. There's a lot of levels of depth in the Word of God. You can, or you can choose to read just the top part. That's just scanning over it, reading it just as you would read any normal book. But if you have to study for something, you're going to look a little bit deeper for the meaning behind it. And I think that's what Jesus wants. So in this, me and my wife, knowing that I was going to preach, we sat down the one evening and we just started reading through this and asking the Holy Spirit to come and lead us. And you guys know what's amazing? When you ask the Holy Spirit for things, He actually listens and He does it. If you have faith, that you ask Him, Lord, I'm asking in faith, come and show me things about the Scripture. I want to know, Lord, I want to know. And I want to ask you guys a question. Do you guys think that Jesus doesn't want to reveal Himself to us? No, He does. He does, definitely. He wants to reveal Himself to us. He wants to, he wants to reveal all His heart to us. That's what He wants. So don't listen to the enemy that oh, I'm just going to read and nothing's going to happen because it's a lie. So as we were reading, he really took us deep. And this little this piece here that says, we worship by the Spirit. It says, for we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. So for me, that back in the Old Testament, there was a sign that you, were, that you belonged to Christ, that you were the chosen generation or the chosen people of God was circumcision for guys. I don't know why I looked for women, but for guys, it was, that, was a, they were, that was a sign. But here, Paul says, it's not about the sign, the fleshly sign, the outward sign. It's about something. We, my life, is that circumcision. My life is the sign that I now belong to Jesus. And then it says, and I put no confidence in my flesh. No confidence in me, myself, and I. I think a lot of us, we go through this, it's all about me, especially in this generation that, we, that we're living in. Everything is about me, what I want. But the, the, the gospel is so different. The kingdom is so upside down. It's not about me. It's about people around me, about sharing the love of Jesus. Uh, it says, put no confidence in flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence, now Paul comes and he says, but you know, if there is something that I can put in the flesh, I've got confidence, check at my credentials. Look at what I've achieved. So there was a, a woman that was in our congregation. She's in the PM congregation now. Her name is Audrey. So she's an advocate or a procurator, a lawyer. Thanks, Michelle. So everybody here is studying law. Okay, Yes. So, I was just thinking about this, considering what he, what he wrote, I'm gonna, we're going to read through it now. I mean, if you're standing up in a courtroom, you need to know the law. You need to know everything about the law, especially when it comes to a case. You can't all of a sudden tell the judge, hang on, just quickly run to my book, go check through there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry, judge. Wait, uh, op, 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 what? Objection? Objection? No, no, no. No, you, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. You need to know it. And here Paul is basically just saying, man, let's quickly read it. He says, if anyone else thinks he has reasons for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor 
of the church as to righteousness under the law, blameless. And then he says, but whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Everything. You that studying law, imagine all that years that you put in. And I think, I th- now if I th- consider Paul, how zealous he was, and the person, I mean, this guy was like, he was like top of his class, like right there at the top. There's, you, you get your average law students, and then this guy was like cum laude or something of law. He knew everything, and he was committed. But after meeting who the person of Jesus, he said, none of that stuff matters anymore. None of it matters anymore. It's not wrong. Study law, it's good. I'm not saying stop studying law, but it's just the heart behind it. I mean, when he met Jesus Christ, everything changed, guys. Everything changed. And that's what I want to talk about. So for me in my life as well, after I met Jesus, everything changed in my life. My life was going this way, and it was all downhill into the Gramadulas. And I'm so grateful. You know, guys, I asked myself the question, I want to encourage us as a church. How am I going to encourage us? This is just little old me. What, what can I bring? And then my father told me, just share out of your heart, my son. Because we all, every single one of you guys sitting here has a testimony. And there's a scripture in the Bible that says, by the blood of the lamb, the thankfulness that we have in Jesus Christ, what he's done. If we really think of what he's done for each and every one of us. You guys sitting here, there's a reason you guys are sitting here. And God has so much for you. Every single person, you guys are significant. Every single one of you guys is so significant. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says he has predestined good things for each and every one of us to do. He's pre-planned it even before the foundations of the, of the, of the world was laid. He had things that only you can do, nobody else. If you're not going to do it, it's not going to get done. There's people that only you can touch in your life because he's placed you strategically in places where you want, he wants you to shine a light. He wants you guys to be a light in the world. So for me, I thought to myself, how am I going to bring this message over of the ultimate pursuit of God in knowing him? Who wants to know God? Great. Thank you. That's, that's awesome. Everybody wants to know God. How do you guys think you are, we are going to get to know God? We need to look for Him. We need to pray, guys. It's something, you know, we were standing out there. There was a, somebody shared a, a picture or something that they felt of a pendulum swinging this way and swinging that way and swinging this way. And I see it in my life. One thing that I see here that I also think is so cool, what Paul said, he's encouraging the guys and he says, You're gonna, you know, guys, it's not that I have attained this, not at all, but I'm pushing forward. I, I know where I want to be. I want to be at that place where I've attained this. And then he says again, not that, I've, not that I have made it, not even close, but I know where I want to go. And I think that is a very, very important point to, to push, is that we... We, we must understand where we want to go. Because there's a script in the Bible that says, and that's scary. It says, I wish you were hot or cold, but when you look warm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. I want to ask you guys, how many of you guys are on fire for Jesus? Really, truly, on fire for him. 
who is lukewarm and who is cold. And the word said, he'll spit you out of us, out of his mouth when we are lukewarm and cold. We don't want to be found lukewarm. How are we going to be on fire for Jesus? So asking me. You know, me and my wife were on a journey. Martinez is always part of a lot of our journeys. So there was people that we were really building into, and I got so frustrated with the whole fact of how am I going to get these people to, I can come with all kinds of scripture and stuff, but their hearts weren't in it. Their hearts weren't in it. So I went to Martinez in frustration. I said, yes, man, how am I going to get these people to get, to get this? And he said, their hearts must change. And I said, but how am I going to get these people's hearts to change? He said, you can't do it. Only God can. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. How am I going to get God to change their hearts? <laughs> and then Martina said, pray, ask him. And it dawned on me, geez, you know, it's so, it's so, this way in Fodach. And then I got another revelation. And that's another thing by that, what's so amazing about God. He loves to give us revelation about things, about his word. And I'm going off the track a little bit, but there's another scripture. There's a lot of scriptures. But as I'm, you see how the Holy Spirit is leading me, I love it, it's so awesome. So there's another scripture that says, you know, every man has his own spirit. And only the spirit of that man knows the deepest secrets, all, all the skeletons in thy closet. Only that, that spirit of that man knows the deepest things of that man. I don't know everything about Martinez, he doesn't know everything about me. But then it says, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, searches the deep, deep, deep parts of God. And then it says this amazing script, this amazing thing. It says, when we become children of God, He gives us His Spirit, and His Spirit lives inside of us. That's why we can get deep revelation, because the Spirit reveals it to us. Not about how intelligent I am, how my IQ isn't that high, so I'm not going to be able to understand it. That's nonsense, because there's another scripture again that says, <laughs> um, God likes to use what the world looks at and, and looks down at. He likes to take people like that and people that are lowly, humble, no, not haughty and high. He likes to reveal his spirit and his plans and his purposes to people like that. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you guys want to be one of those people? Yes, I think it's a life. Because if I look at Paul, he was well on his way. Eh? I mean, he was a law student of law students. And he was zealous. And then he met Jesus And everything went out the window. Something happened there. He saw something. You know, there's another scripture that says, there's a man that found a treasure in a field. And he went and he sold everything he had to buy that field to get that treasure. That is Jesus. That is Jesus. Jesus is that treasure. He's that pearl of great price. I don't think we can ever, ever truly realize. I think one day when we die, and I want to tell you guys another thing. Death is not the end, eh? Death is only the door that leads to eternity. We, we don't, we mustn't, we're not supposed to live this life just for the year now, because then it's a half life. Our life only starts after we die. That's actually our truly, that's our life. This, what, what's happening here, this is only the play before the real show. All right. Okay, let's go on. Um, but whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. 
For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Who of you guys are going through difficulties right now? Who's really going through hardships and difficulties? None of you guys. That's awesome. Oh yeah, there's one, there's one. You know what? It's part of God's plan for your life to go through difficulties. Do you guys believe that difficulties is good? Who believes that uh, discipline is good? Discipline is good. It teaches us to be righteous. He says that, that Jesus says in, in his word, he says, at the time when you receive discipline, it's not lacquer. It's aina. It's very aina. But you reap a harvest of righteousness from it. When we go through difficulties, what does God do? He makes us not rely on ourselves, and he will go at all lengths to get you. You know why? Because he loves you. Because you're his child. When I look at my little boy or my, 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 my Isabella, my daughter, I'm not just going to leave her to do whatever she wants. She's not going to have any respect for people. She's not going to have any manners. Manners is really, really good to have. So when I just leave her, she's not going to have any of those things. Then I'm going to be left um, in the verleentheid. I don't know what's verleentheid in English. But I can't even verleentheid stand when we go and visit somebody. When maybe I go visit Martinez and LaSalle, and we're having a braai or something, and we're braaiing chicken because LaSalle is, is a vegetarian, or she doesn't, <laughs> like, she doesn't like red meat. <laughs> but at least she eats chicken. <laughs> And my daughter and my son is just going ape there and jumping on the couches and going mull. I'm going to feel like, what are you doing? And they're going to think like, don't come and visit us again. Because of, you understand what I mean? God wants to teach us valuable lessons in life. Guys, the second part of this thing, what, I, what I'm not preaching about is running this race. We're all in a race. You guys know that. It's a race that we're running. It's not to be first, just to finish this race. And we want to finish it well. We want to finish it well. Okay, let's go on. Um, for the sake I have suffered the loss of all things and counted as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. You guys know what the me what. What is the godly meaning of righteousness? Saki, What is the biblical meaning of righteousness? Basically, I think to put it plain, to be in right standing before God. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a priest. And once a year, he had to go into the most holy of holies to do a whole bunch of things. I can't remember what. But one thing I do know is that they tied a rope around his ankle because if he went in there, and he wasn't totally clean, not gewas met siepni, but there's no sin found in him. If he didn't do all the things, he would get struck down because of the holiness of God. And they had to pull him out because if they went in there, then they would also die. So that guy had to be in right standing before God, else he wouldn't make it. So we also, through Jesus... Through Jesus, only through Jesus, we can also be in right standing before God. It's not a righteousness of our own. So Jesus, through the word, God actually he tries, to, tries to explain to us that you, you can't rely on your own abilities to try to be righteous before me. You can't. 
You just have to have faith in what my son has done for you. You know what's the amazing thing about this religion that we are part of, this amazing religion that we're part of, is that Jesus paid the way. He did everything. There's nothing that we actually have to do. We just have to believe. We just have to believe, receive it by faith, and walk in it. That's all. And it's difficult. I think there's many Christians that will never get to that freedom. That's why it says there's so many Christian songs that goes about the freedom. There's a freedom that we can walk in, a freedom that's, that we're not bound in any way, that we're free spiritually. Um, yeah, and that's, there's a deep thought in that. So there's not a lot of meat for me in this thing to bring this whole preach that I feel, how am I going to encourage you guys to have a zealous goal in searching for God? And I, that's why I said I felt Jesus tell me that I can only share it out of my own life and what I feel. So, you know, everything in the Word of God is truth. Everything. His Word is truth. That's why it says in so many things that we can trust Him. And He will let us go through many things. And then it says, you know, when we feel God, it's, it's amazing when we feel God and we experience God. And it's good. And there's a place for that. But then also sometimes He's going to let us go through seasons where we don't feel Him. We don't feel close to Him. When we pray and it feels like our prayers are bouncing off the ceilings. But it's all part of a plan of God also building us up. And I went through those times many times. My wife also. And everybody will go through seasons like that. Um, the reason is that because God wants us to, to come and search for Him as well. He, uh, he, he really wants us to come and look for Him. And if I look and consider Paul's life after he met Jesus, I mean, yesterday, there's so many things that Paul, you know, well, one thing I also want to ask you, why do you guys think we have the Word of God? What's it for? The Word of God is there for us, to encourage us, to show us the way. Everything in here is there for the specific reason that we, if we need to know something about life, we can find it in His Word. He encourages us. He speaks through His Word. The Holy Spirit is our guide that helps us and leads us in all those things. So, when I look at the life of Paul, especially in this thing, in this part here where he's trying to encourage the church at Philippians um, to run this race, to not give up, to keep on going. And he says, follow me like I am following Christ. Follow me like I'm following Christ. And there's many great people in church. That's why we never have to do this thing alone, guys. There's people around us to encourage us, to build us up, to help us and guide us through this thing. So I really want to encourage us in that. Don't do this on your own, okay? Okay, so then the last part here, it says, um, a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. There's another piece that I quickly just want to read to us. It's, it's the same thing on, on Philippians 3. It's just a different look at, at this part that's written. It's something um, just in a different way. So it's from, just from a different viewpoint. So it's Philippians 3, the message, to know him personally. And that's about it, friends. Be glad in God. I don't mind repeating what I have written in earlier letters. And I hope you don't mind hearing it again. Better safe than sorry. 
And it says, steer clear of the barking dogs, those religious busybodies, all bark and no bite. All they're interested in is appearances, knife-happy circumcisers, I call them. The real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We could carry this off by our own efforts, and we know it even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials. You know my pedigree, a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting the church, a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. That's really Nochal being hectic, you know, in a big way. He was very zealous. And then from verse 7 it says, The very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash, along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all things I once thought were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master. Firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power by a partner, by, uh, his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering, and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. So, just finishing off, I, I really... Um, wanted to consider, you know, my life. Um, and, I've, you know, when I sat down going through this preach and thinking, how am I going to bring this message and how can I really try to encourage us as a church? Because God wants each and every one of us to really, like Paul, look at our lives and not see all the things that's trying to draw us away from God, because it will never stop, guys, I promise you. The devil is, is not to give him any credit, but he's tenacious in it. He's not going to stop. We have a part to play. God will meet us halfway, not even halfway. He'll meet us three quarters of the way, but we need to come. You know, when you study for law, you have to do the work, correct? You, you, you're not going to sit there and by faith, you're going to receive all this information, you have to study it. You have to go and you have to put the hours in to get the information into you. It's the same with the Bible. It comes out of a place of thankfulness. For me, it comes out of a place of uttermost thankfulness. Because where my life was and where my life is going now, I mean, I'm married to an amazing wife. The fact that I have my own business. <laughs> At a stage I used to live, before I met Jesus, I lived in a windy house in the back of my sister's garden because I stole things. I was a drag addict. 
They didn't even want me to stay in their house because of they were scared I'm going to steal stuff. I used to work as a car guard at Yakaranda Centrum in Pretoria. <laughs> and God humbled me, even there. He doesn't start working in your life only after you get saved. He starts working in your life from the beginning. He uses all those things. Like I said earlier, he predestined good things for you to do, even when you have to go through the sucky, the sucky things first to get to those good things. But now I can encourage people that are struggling in drugs. I can be a witness to them, saying, man, you don't have to be hopeless. You guys know there's a, it's, it's very heartbroken. There's a school here in Stellenbosch where there's now been probably four or five young people committing suicide. And I thought about it. Why would somebody take their life? Because of hopelessness. There's no more hope. What do I have to live for? But Jesus gives us hope. He's give, he's, he gives each and every one of us hope. That's why I can stand up here. The fact that I'm standing here is just by Jesus, His grace. That I can stand here, that I can testify of His goodness. And ask Martinez and Lizelle. I've gone through ups and downs, big time. Big time. But it's for each and every one of us. No one's journey is the same. It's unique, but God wants to use you in amazing things. And all he asks is to be available. And I want to tell you guys, that what you think God can do in your life, much more than that. If you're only available, he can do so much through you. You can touch people in amazing ways and be used by God. So that one day, when we get over that, that pain strip, when we get to the other side of eternity, and we stand before Jesus one day, I would want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want to know that I ran my race well. We have one chance, guys. There's no seconds. We get one chance to run this race. Let's run it with everything that we have. Seek God. The last thing is such a, you know, it's difficult to get this plane to land, eh? <laughs> Just want to do one more last thing or testify something of my wife. Um, not just because it's my wife, but I see, I could see the fruit and the effects of somebody who sits every night lately and reads the word. I'm a, not an evening person. I'm a morning person. My wife is not a morning person. She's an evening person. So she loves to sit after the kids go to bed and I go to bed. She loves to take earphones because she's deaf. She puts worship on. And she sits by the, with the Bible and she, she just studies. She just reads the word and asks God. She flips through the Bible. And wherever God tells her to stop there, she stops and she starts reading. And one thing she, she told me a while ago, she says, Yes, my liefie, die heren vat my so diep in die woord in. Is nie die oppervlakkig nie. A while ago at the other, at other congregation, the cell also once had a, a picture where she felt God wants to take us deeper to the deeper waters. Not ons nie meer in die vlak waters bleu nie. He wants to take us deeper. God wants to take us deeper, guys. And you're only going to find that when you go and you sit at God, at Jesus' feet, ask Him to come. Are we going to do that, guys? Hey, Come on, man. Jesus is so much more for us. He wants to give us so much more. All right. Awesome. Just lost. I just want to quickly pray for us. 
Oh, Jesus, thank you so much, Lord, for this amazing opportunity where we could share and I could just share about what you've done in my life, Lord. And there's so many people that have so much more amazing uh, testimonies, God, of what you've done. You are so good, Jesus. The only good thing in each and every one of us is you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you handpicked and chose us even before the foundation of this world, Lord, to be here this morning, to hear this message, to have a chance to change, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will come and touch people's hearts this morning, that you will put that radicalness, Lord, in our hearts, not to just be average Christians, Lord, but like Paul said, that amazing upward call of following God into that ultimate goal of pursuing and knowing Jesus intimately, not to be a casual inquirer of God, but to be a diligent seeker of Him and the things of the kingdom. Lord, we ask that you will bless each and every person here. Thank you that they are special, that they are somebody, and that you have called them for great things. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If we can maybe quickly just all stand.